Todd Adams. This is Gabby Adams. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 273, I think. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? What are you laughing at? I laugh because you say that every week. You... Oh, that's what we call it. Oh, oh, it's on auto repeat. I think we should start over. No, we're not starting over. Yes. This is life. This is real life, sweetie. <laughs> our audience wants to know our imperfections. Do they? All right. I'll give you another imperfection of mine. What? I just made a granola thing. Yes. Uh, I, made, I know. You made the, you get out our hugest bowl. I get the huge bowl out and I'm like, I'll have, I'll, I'll, I don't want to make it twice. So I'll, I'll make a big bowl. I'll uh-huh. eat half of it today and half of it tomorrow. And you eat the whole thing. And then I just said, do you want a few grapes? And you said, I'm so full. <laughs> I can't even eat those grapes. Because the granola is good. And I don't are feel you, like putting Tupperware together. It's all a big mess. Are you mindfully eating that granola? Like when Some I of say my that, bites are mindful. Okay. Most of them aren't. Right. Because if you were mindfully eating, I'm not talking about the bites. I'm talking about do you stop when you're full? You just ate, 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 ate. Yes. And I'm still digesting. It's still, I don't even know how full I am yet because we just finished. Do you still have some that you're chewing? Yeah, I got some in my teeth. <laughs> So this is in Parenting Radio. This is episode, whatever, 273. Best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. And why listen to Zen Parenting Radio, you may ask? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who does not want to feel outstanding? I do. Do you? I do. Oh, good. I, that is a goal. On today's show, we are going to talk about concern versus control. Uh, concern and anxiety. You wrote con- concern versus control, sweetie. All right. Well, you know. We're going to talk about locus of control slash concern. Okay. We're going to talk about anxiety into concern. Steve Covey, Liz Gilbert. Okay, you're just reading a bunch of like crazy notes that I wrote down. And we're going to talk about this guy. This is Yoda. Control, control, you must learn control. You must learn. You know what we're doing? We are learning control. We're learning. We we are learning control. But we also got our tickets for uh, Star Wars, and we're going at like ten a.m. on Friday, and we're not bringing our children because they'll be in school. Man, they're really mad about that. They are, especially <laughs> our middle one. I know she's upset. Well, is not- it bad that I take pleasure in the fact that I get to do this and they don't? Well, we literally the nights are sold out. So we couldn't have gone at night and we're going away for the holidays. So we would have had to wait a whole nother week to see Star Wars if we didn't take the bull by the horns and just get tickets for it. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get, get the, the horns. horns. We had to just take charge. That's right. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And that if that means that you get to watch The Force Awakens before your kids, doggone it, parents, you deserve it. I wonder if there'll be any Yoda stuff in it. Because obviously Yoda's not with us anymore, but his I'm little... guessing some references, but that's about Master it. Master Yoda. Master Yoda, you can't die. After 870 years, you look. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So should we start? First, I want to talk about our first partner. Okay, go. Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. How'd she do for you she last week? She saved me. How? My... Okay. My left hip goes out all the time because I carried babies over there and who knows why. It's probably a You mean when you literally male... were carrying them outside the womb, yes. like you'd hold them yes. on your left hip. I didn't hip. like just carry... <laughs> It would be weird if they were if they were just on your left no. side of your belly. I think part of it's pregnancy and part of it is I carried my kids on that side. Part of it is because that's the female side of the body and I've tend to, tended to always use that, you know, use that side more and mm. blah 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 blah. There's all sorts of spiritual and literal reasons why. But for some reason a week ago, my right hip went out. And how how bad was it? It was bad. You couldn't lift up your leg. I couldn't lift up my leg. My children had to, like, help me. Anyway, so I called her, and I just went in right away. Yeah, but she didn't have office hours. I know, but she met me there. I you, thought that was really cool. That's the kind of service you get from Dr. Kelly yeah. from the Tree of Life Chiropractic. Yeah, and so then I said to her, you know, she did my adjustment, and I said, gosh, I just, you know, I just hope this feels better tomorrow. And she's like, it will. Yeah. And it did. Yeah. Like, I woke up, I was like, woo. So that's ChiroTree.com. Check them out. All right. So let's okay. get into um, what we're so talking about. So Stephen Covey, one of my first teachers, one of your first teachers too, really. One of my um, first self-help books ever. Yeah. And love him and still use a lot of what he um, you know, has taught us. I still use a lot of his language. I still reference his books a lot. And one of the most important things I think um, that he shared with us was the idea of circle of concern and circle of influence. And before I jump into what that means, what I'm finding right now is... Um, in my vicinity, 
what's going on inside of me and just in the world in general is people are very anxious um, and or I will we'll, we'll get into anxiety versus concern or they're very concerned. Um, whenever we have things that happen in the world that are very painful or hard to understand, everybody kind of moves into a new, uh, it's like overdrive. Um, the example that it's easy to understand is that after 9-11, um, when we we had these colors, this color system that we used to use. Do you right. remember it, Todd? Yeah, like, orange, red. Right, yeah, and right. we've been in orange. Do we still do that? I don't even know. I don't even know. I haven't heard much about it lately. I, I feel think, like we were in orange forever. I think they may have gone, moved on to something else. First of all, because that was a different administration, but second of all, because it caused more anxiety than I think was necessary. I don't think it helped people. Um, not that it isn't important that our government understands what's going on, but when you say to everybody, okay, be anxious right now, mm-hmm. I don't think it helps us with our behavior. Right. I don't think we make great choices. I don't think it's good for us personally, nor for the economy. I don't think it's, um, it, it maybe is in the best interest of all. And I say, I'm using that color system as an example, because I kind of think when anything happens in the world, and we've had a lot going on, um, that we kind of, that color system comes into our head in its own way where we're like, okay, now we need to be on high alert, you know, high alert. Now we need to be more afraid than ever. And while if it's red, be really, really afraid. But if it's yellow, just be be a little afraid. afraid. And while I completely acknowledge and understand why people are afraid, because I get afraid too, you know, like I have my own days where I'm like, wow, this is a lot to manage, handle, think about, process. Um, I am, I am, I'm not in denial of any of that. But what I know for sure is that when we're when we're um, living at that level at all times, that level of fear, it it only makes the situation worse. And I really want to discuss today maybe a way that we can view how we live on a day-to-day basis that will actually help the world versus hurt ourselves and then in turn create a ripple effect of harm. Right. Um, and I think one of the best ways to explain it is through Stephen Covey's Circle of Concern and Circle of Influence. And what he talks about is that our circle of concern encompasses like a wide range of concerns, like our health, our children, problems at work, um, government issues, the threat of war. You know, that's like this circle of concern that all human beings have. It's a big circle. It's a big, broad circle. And all of us think about those things. Every human being does. um, And that's very typical and normal. Yet, we don't have a lot of control in that area, meaning it's almost like it's we create, we think about it, we think, 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 but we really can't do a lot of literal changing. It's right. just kind not of direct, not direct. There is kind of an isness about it that we can do. That's things. just the way the world is. Like with health, we can take care of ourselves, we can eat well, we can make those kind of choices. But in the sometimes things happen, and and you didn't intend that wasn't your intention. You could right? be David Letterman who ran like whatever ten miles a day, and then he had a heart attack. Right. Think sometimes things happen, and so we can't like get our arms around it and say now I'm in control of this. But we do have what's called our circle of influence. And this encompasses the concerns that we can do something about, that we we have some choices that we can make. And I think the most important place in our circle of influence is ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, always. always. It, it is knowing that the most important thing we can do is notice what we do, why we do what we do, who we are, what we're feeling. And I used to say things like, so we can work on ourselves. I don't think... I don't like that language anymore. It started to bother me when I hear myself say it because you don't have to be working on yourself. You don't have to be like constantly trying to be better because you're great. You, you know, where you are right now is where you are right now, meaning that yeah. there's an acceptance The of idea that. of self-improvement means uh, I have to improve so I am better one day, but I'm not that good today. And that's what we're not trying to convey. We're trying to convey you're good today and you'll be good tomorrow. But the work is continue to evolve. Correct. Evolving is very different than I need to work on myself and heal everything because that somehow is almost like a work kind of goal. Like I'm going to do A, B, and C, and therefore I'll be great. And then we get to this the next that's, place and they're like, but I'm not great. I need to be great. That's when you focus on the end and not the means. Correct. And versus everyday, moment to moment, present time experiences. That's where we recognize our worth. That's where we make a change. That's where we make an impact. When we just have ideas ideas in our head. We were talking about this today with um, 
with our friend uh, Dr. Dan um, about the whole idea of – I'm going to forget the word again – execution. Yes. A lot of times I will talk with people who are – who who have similar belief systems or we have similar goals and they tell me all about their ideas and I'm going to you know I just I'm going to do this and these are my thoughts and I'm thinking this way but there's no execution you know there's no like I'm going to there's just a lot of talk about it and there's no like decisions and the more complicated make. we make it the less likely it is that we actually do something about it correct because it's all about perfection versus or someday I'll get there or once this happens versus let go of all that and just in this moment, make a choice that feels good and right and is good for humanity. When you are talking with your child, make a choice that connects you. When you are driving a car, make a choice that is loving. When you are um, walking down the street, make a choice that helps someone or soothes someone. That's execution in my uh understanding mm -hmm. in what I believe self-awareness is and what we can do as individuals. That's what creates a ripple effect. Not this grand idea you have in your head that you're not executing, um, but the moment-to-moment -moment experience. And that is in our circle of influence. Right. That is that, if we do that, Everything around us, our relationship with our significant other, the connection we have with our children, their ability to listen to us, all of that changes. The way we interact with coworkers then changes. The way we can't go to work and say, I'm going to change my coworker. We can go to work and say, I am going to interact differently because I have influence over me. Well, I would like to talk this in talk about this in terms of worry. Okay. It's all related. Okay. So um, I'm a worrier. Uh -huh. You're, everybody's Everybody a worries sometimes, right. right. And I think the circle of influence and the circle of control are very helpful. Circle of concern. S sorry, circle of concern versus the circle of influence. And they're not even verses. Right. They're just two different things. In addition things. to, they're two right. bubbles because mm -hmm. the circle of influence is a smaller circle. The circle of concern is a much larger circle. So just before Todd sure. goes on, just so you guys can see a visual, draw a small circle yeah. and that's your circle of influence. Now draw a bigger circle about it, around oh. it, and that's the circle of concern. And so the circle of concern is very normal, typical, but on not as accessible. Right. Circle of influence actually changes the circle of concern and is uh, accessible. So when it comes to worrying, we tend to worry about things that are in our circle of concern. Correct. Okay. So we were, we are concerned because we are afraid that something bad is going to happen at the airport. Mm -hmm. Do you really have control over whether or not something bad happens to you at the airport? No. And 99% of the cases, no. I mean, you do certain things to keep yourself safe, but mostly you're surrendering to whatever is going to happen. Mm -hmm. So you, we, as human beings, we tend to worry about things that are in our circle of concern. And what I'm about to say, and I try to say this to myself as much as I can whenever I get worried, there's really no... I mean, this isn't realistic, but just go with me. There's really no reason ever to be worried. And this is why. You should never, you never have to worry about things that are in your cir circle of influence because by definition, you don't have control of what goes on in your circle of, in oh, You're saying it the circle wrong of concern. Yes. There's no reason to worry about things that are in your circle of concern because you don't have control of those things that are in your circle of concern. And there's no reason to worry about things that are inside your circle of influence because you have control over yes. the things that are in your circle of influence. So you just think about something you're worried about. Say it's uh, whatever, your your dad isn't nice to your stepmom at Christmas. If, if that is in your circle of influence, then you could do something about that. You might be able to talk to your dad about whatever. See, and I would say to you, even though- This is individual though. Some people might like, I can do something about this. Other people might be like, I can't control this man. Right. And this is where circle of influence becomes an interesting conversation because I think of circle of influence as personal responsibility mm -hmm. and you cannot change. You can't say, I'm going to talk to my dad. No, or... but what you could do is you have control over whether or not you can have a conversation. Okay. How he- reacts to that Got it. Got is it. out is in your circle of concern. <laughs> Got it. But what you have the ability to do is you have the ability to have a conversation with your dad about not being nice at Christmas. Right. So there's really no so even that specific example that I did that just popped into my head is your dad's not nice to uh, an in-law at Christmas. 
there are certain parts of that situation that are in your circle of concern. Is he going to be nice or isn't he going to be nice? You don't have control over this man. What is inside your circle of influence is you have the ability to lovingly have a conversation before emotions are high, before anybody gets to Christmas Eve and say, Dad, listen, I'm just wondering if you might be able to take a breath before you say something that might be something that pushes buttons. Go ahead. And I was going to say, and that might create less suffering for you because a lot of times suffering comes from our inability to speak our truth. Exactly. And if you speak that to your dad or whoever is causing the disruption, it may not change his behavior, but your truth has been spoken where you have released whatever you've been thinking about for 10 years and released it in a in a kind and loving way. Can I give one more example that's kind of funny and maybe not inappropriate, but just a little different. I guess. I had a guy in my men's group and we were talking about setting goals. Okay. And he's like, I'm going to have more intimacy with my wife. And when he was talking about intimacy, he was talking about sex. Sex. Right. And uh, what was funny about that is he kind of decided that he was going to start having more sex with his wife. Right. But there's another person. There's another person. (laughs) So you don't have the ability to have more sex with your wife. What you do have is the ability to give her a massage. Or initiate it more. Or initiate it more. Or, you know, a lot of times for women, the sex happens a day before the sex happens. In other words, you are reaching out and you're connecting with her right. on an emotional level, right. something like that. So I thought that was an interesting example because he thought he had control over that, but right. he really didn't. Right. But what you do have control over is can you start connecting with her emotionally? Right. So that's just another example of distinguishing between what you have control over and what you don't. You have control over what you can do about it. And I'll give an example that's just, you know, come to uh, be kind of a big deal in my life in the last couple of weeks. Um, I have a lot of pain, um, as I think the entire world does, about uh, shootings in our country um, in and in other places in the world, not just our country. I have a really um, thin veil when it comes to other people's pain. And when I read or hear about a... Um, any kind of shooting, mass shooting, or what goes on in Chicago every day, um, you know, I struggle. Mm-hmm. And I know that everybody does in their own way. Um, but what I realized is I was experiencing a lot of pain. And then I was also suffering because I felt powerless, which is really what the definition of um, suffering is, as Todd talked to us um, about a few podcasts ago, is, you know, pain is having the, you know, the thing in your worldview that gets confused, like where something happens that you didn't expect or something happens that is not in your big world vision. And then you feel that pain. And then suffering is when you feel completely powerless about it. And what I realized is that I did feel powerless about it. And I didn't talk about um, gun violence a lot because I, it's so politically heavy and I didn't want to get in those discussions with people. But what I realized is that I decided to take the word politics out of it. And I realized that when it comes to things like violence in our community um, or around the world, it's a human rights issue. And once I took the political piece out of it, I realized I have more power than I think, um, not only to do this show and to talk about being kind and compassionate and empathetic and open-minded, which is feels good in itself, but also to start recognizing groups that are really um, trying to do some work to focus on making this world a safer place. And it doesn't have to be – I think – Here's the thing is when we get into this gun discussion, all of a sudden everybody takes sides about it. And I don't think we have to take sides because don't we all, don't we all want it to end? Well, we all want ourselves and our children to be safer. People on this side of the aisle or that side of the aisle, everybody wants our children to be safer. How we go about doing that is where we get troubled. So what if we just start with that first part and just start talking to each other about Nobody wants people to die. Mm -hmm. And, well, I say that statement. I hope people don't. Well, if if you are a um, heart-centered, logical human being, you don't want people to die. That we want to protect our children. We don't want to feel afraid in places. We don't want to keep the world safe. We want to keep the world a safe place. And if we can just agree on that, then we're unified. And, And I, that's where I want to talk. That's where I want to stay. And one of the things that I realized I could do, though, is that um, 
focus on organizations that have that in mind. Like what they want to do is talk about common sense and what they want to do is talk about um, change. Whatever that change looks like. See, I'm open-minded to whatever needs to be done in every capacity. You know, like it's not – some people get focused on one thing, but what can we do as a world – to have these things happen less. Right. And one of them is to look at guns yeah. and to figure that out. And so one of the organizations that you guys may know about, it's called Every Town for Gun Safety. And it was created after um, the Newtown uh, tragedy, which happens to be today when you and I are taping the show. It was exactly three years ago today. Mm-hmm. And I think part of powerlessness is when we realize that happened three years ago and really nothing has changed. And then we start to say, a lot of people go into despair and they throw up their hands. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to go into despair. And that doesn't mean I'm going to become politically active. It means I'm going to start speaking Mm -hmm. um, about what can we do? How can My thing is, how can we unify? Mm -hmm. How can we all speak from the same place? And one of the things that I love is this weekend, um, Every Town for Gun Safety. And again, listen to those words, Every Town for Gun Safety. Yeah, it doesn't say Every Town for Gun Removal. No. It's Safety. safety right let's not get distracted you know let's focus on what we're trying to do which is safety mm-hmm. and um this this weekend there was a bunch of walks and they were called orange walks and basically what they um did is people wore orange hats which orange orange hats is the symbol of human life um in hunting mm-hmm. um because people who are hunting they wear they need uh, to be seen they need to be seen so they wear orange and so now orange hats are the symbol of um human life right. and and valuing that and doing what we can do to make sure that people stay safe. Um, So for, you know, I'm just reading this off of every town's um, website. Millions of Americans are coming together to uh, work toward a country where every person can live a free, a life free from gun violence. If you believe there's more we can do, um, then, you know, you can join their organization. You don't have to do that, that. I'm not pushing that. But what I'm saying is I love the orange hat idea. I love the idea of um, you know, I ordered one for Todd and I. Um, so it's a way that makes me feel less powerless. Mm-hmm. It's a way that I feel like I'm contributing or at least opening up the idea that there's a way to unify. And that small step will open up your entire energy field. Yes. So what I was going to say is um, a lot of times we feel like, oh, the world's going to hell in a handbag or people are just in complete despair, whether it's about the loss of a loved one or gun safety, or it doesn't matter what it is. Right. Use this metaphor for anything that's going on in your life. The minute you do something, it will open you up. Yes. And we tend to paralyze ourselves out of despair. I think it was Einstein that says, nothing happens until something moves. Well, if we're in despair and we just sit in that despair, then nothing is going to happen. Even if it's like the small gesture of you buying two hats. Yes. How good did I feel that day that I yes, bought those hats? Yes, you felt empowered. I and, did. And, that, and your energy field changed, not just for yourself, but for me, yes. for the girls. Yes. And then our energy field was a little bit better because mom is in a good mood. And we don't even need to know why mom is in a good <laughs> mood. We're in a better mood because you're in a good mood. And then I'll go out and talk to my coworkers in a better way because you filled me up a little bit. I, and then it goes effect. on and on and on. And what what the hope is, is that what I'm doing is I'm looking at the possibilities rather than going into despair. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to do is be aware of the possibilities and listen to each other and recognize the importance of uniting. And I want to say this because a lot of you are going to be going home for the holidays and you may have family members who believe different things than you do mm-hmm. on one side or the other. If you're a family, then there's probably some opposing sides to something. And one thing I was listening to uh, Rob Bell's podcast. He's been doing a like a six, seven part series called Politics and Guns. And it's been really lovely. Like you, you hear that title and you think it's something like harsh or negative. Yeah. It hasn't been at all. Yeah. It's been a, um experience in learning more about our history and United States and defense and why we think the way we do. It's been very enlightening and empowering. And one of the things he talked about in one of the shows is when you are talking to people who have a different opinion than you, instead of get into the win-lose, ask them be curious. Mm-hmm. Ask them questions that engage a conversation. Yeah. Like one of the greatest things that he said was if someone's telling you, oh, you know, 
we need to have all of us need to be armed and all of us need to do this and you know this country blah 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 ask them what policy would you like to get rid of or create Mm -hmm. or tell me more about where you you know learned about this or instead of telling them they're crazy which doesn't help you guys i look at sometimes these websites even the most positive websites about making change and all these people who have a beautiful viewpoint end up spewing the same kind of hatred toward the other side about their viewpoint. And then we're just right back where we were before. I think that we have to be the change that we want to see. And if we really want other people, including our politicians, to talk together and to listen to each other, we have to do that first. Now, I would like it if they did it first and they led us from that perspective. But I would also like to say that each of us have a responsibility. And if we can do that with our partners, with our children, within our own families during the holidays with our coworkers, if we can speak respectfully and say and speak up for who we are, here's what I believe, but tell me more about you. Sweetie, you started with Stephen Covey, habit number five. Yes. Remember what it is? Um, listen first to understand and then to be understood. Seek first to understand, yes. then to be understood. Yes. Does, does your uncle, who you know is completely on the other side of the argument, quote unquote, deserve to be understood because he's so much meaner than you are and blah, blah, blah. Probably not. But if or you- Or maybe you don't think so. Right. But does he really not deserve the same respect other people do? Or or you know that he's closed off or right. whatever. That may be true. Any of the above. But the bottom line is there's no chance you're going to get anywhere with Uncle Bob if you just kind of start meeting head to head on ideologies. If instead you reach a handout saying- I wonder how it is that, how, how did you come to gain this opinion? Yeah, tell me more about tell your Tell me more. History, Does right? this have to do with uh, growing up in a certain way? So if you start asking those questions and then you let them talk and then you, you've you just built some rapport, you've created some space in the conversation and you could use this with your wife about a fight you guys are having. It doesn't right. have to be about anything. This doesn't have to be about this could be about parenting. You know, we think that we know better than our kids, but in most cases, our kids know better than we do. When you're... You know, our daughter wants to watch a horror movie. Right. She's 12 years old right. and she wants to, she's starting to experiment with certain different movies that she wants to watch. Well, she, not experiment with, she's starting to ask about. Ask about. Yes. Okay. So ask her why. Yeah. Instead of, because I'm I'm saying this, giving advice, but I didn't do that. It'd be like, okay, which ones you want to watch? Blah, blah, blah. Ask her how that's, and and I've I, been asking You've her. been asking her. What yeah. has she been saying? Well, I've been asking her, tell me first why you're interested. And the, and the answer was very honest. Everybody at school talks about these things, and I don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. I've never seen them. And she also knows, because I've told her a lot about me, that I used to watch those movies when I was her age and that they affected me in a negative way. And she, I've been very forthcoming about that. And so she's like, which ones did you watch? And why did they affect you in a negative way? She's curious. What's critical about this is just because you ask her, her or Uncle Bob or your spouse doesn't mean that you give in to whatever position you are. You might get your mind changed, but you might not. We might say, you know what? You're not ready for horror movies. Sorry, that's just the way it is. I think a lot of parents might hear that advice saying, well, I don't want them to watch it. Well, that's not what we're saying. We're, talk, we're, we're saying, saying about, have, talk about have it. Have a conversation right. about it. So. Because there could be something very interesting in that conversation too. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Just the fact that she came home and said, everybody's talking about this and I don't know what it is. That's an essential piece of being a human being. You want to belong. Yeah. You want to have a conversation. What do you do when everybody's talking about the latest horror movie and you don't know what to say? Now, that doesn't mean she gets to watch it, but we have a conversation about what do you do? Yeah. Because you're not going to be able to do everything they do. But at the same time, I also have said to my girls, you are the ages you are, and I know I'm not going to be with you every second of the day. And there's going to be things that you are going to have the ability to You're going to be at a friend's house and all of a sudden it gets put in a DVD player and you're either going to watch it or you're going to say no and go home. Like there's a lot of different things that you're going to have to navigate through. There's going to be times they watch it. I mean, let's just be, I watched The Shining when I was in fifth grade because my next door neighbor had the movie channel. Danny isn't here, Mrs. Torrance. (laughs) You know, like I, I would be an idiot to think that my children aren't going to have experiences like that. Bad Bad Bob. And what my, (laughs) what my job is, is to keep that communication open so we can talk about those kind of things or let them know if they are afraid, let's talk about what that means or what you saw or not get into a place of judgment or you better not do this or else because then I'm the last person they're going to talk to. How come there's a picture of Jack Nicholson at the end and it's a picture from like before he was born? 
Remember that? It's like the last shot in the movie. No. And they're in the banquet hall. I thought it was him in the ice. No, well that, but after the ice, after the the climactic end, they put a shot to him and he's in this banquet hall from like the 1920s. Well, remember, remember he that? was there talking to that bartender. Right. Correct. Right. So that was something that really happened. Now, when I'm saying that, I don't necessarily know exactly what um I, uh, who did that Kubrick? Uh, um, yes. I don't and who wrote and Stephen King. Yes. I don't know if that was a movie thing or if Stephen King had that in the book. I don't want to. So is your book in the freezer? <laughs> like Joey Tribbiani? <laughs> Why did he put it in the freezer? Because it scared him. And the shining will, would scare him. And that so will he cool put, it off. He just he it wasn't a literal thing. He it, he would get scared, so he put it in the freezer. And then he and Rachel decided to trade books. And they did little. He did little, little women, women. And then he would put that in the freezer. Sometimes. The reason that episode's not real is because Joey didn't read. He read The Shining though over and over again. Yeah. He didn't know what Little Women was. He was like, yeah. "How little?" And they are thought these that women? one guy was a girl because she had a boy's name. Joe. Joe. And then, um, of course... Uh, Don't ruin the uh, ending, okay. sweetie. I'm not going to... I haven't read that book yet. I am not going to. It's next on my list. Little Women. Little Women. Well, and then you, I, I might find it in the freezer. One thing I want to say, though, going back to a point you made 10 minutes ago about talking to Uncle Bob, is a lot of times when we go into conversations with people, our intention is to show them how much we know mm. or to show them how right we are and how wrong they are. When that is our intention, that is what's going to show up in the conversation. If you are with Uncle Bob and you ask him questions and you're curious and your sole intention is to connect with Uncle Bob for that short amount of time that you see him over the holidays, then your outcome is going to be completely different mm. because of the way you went into the conversation. If you go in trying to win, it will not work. Um, I just read something that uh, Sharon Salzberg, who's a mindfulness teacher, um, wrote like right before I came downstairs. While nothing can be accomplished without action, actions in turn are made by the intentions that fuel them. If you are unclear about your intentions when you're communicating with people, then that subconscious need that may be unlooked at is going to take over. Mm -hmm. If you are in a conversation with your children or your spouse and you want to demonstrate how smart you are or how right you are, that is going to be the driving factor. And that is what's going to show up. You know, the th and we'll say, no, no, I was just trying to help you or I was just trying to let you know. But really, your intention was different. Right. If you go into the holidays with an intention to talk to people and connect with them and love them from where they are that moment, your conversations are going to be night and day of what they could have been. Yep. And I mean that in a good way. They're going to be better. I, I kind of feel like... Um, Sometimes Todd's dad has a lot of uh, differing opinions, and not really, actually. <laughs> Let me say that differently. He, I think we agree on a lot, but sometimes the way he shares his opinion is different. And I have found in communicating with your dad that it's so much easier when we do that question and answer thing. And I'm not even saying I'm, I'm not playing or trying to, you know, I'm, I'm being respectful in the conversation. But I feel like he and I get along so well when I'm just curious about him. Yeah. And he shares all these amazing yeah, he just stories. Wants to talk. He just wants to be heard and understood. Who doesn't, right? Yeah. And what I'm saying is that sometimes people who you feel like you have conflict with a lot become more curious. Where where is this coming from? What's the roomy quote? Turn in something, get curious. I was trying to find it on For Google. awe. Something about yeah, awe. Yeah. Amazement. Um, it's, it turn uncertainty and embrace curiosity, something like that. Or, yeah, just a sense of openness. Yeah. It, it, I, you're right. I don't have the roomy quote off the Bummer. top of my head. Put in uh, roomy, I put trade room, in. Trade in. There you go. And then awe, A-W-E, or amazement. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. All right, I'll find but, it. But um, I also want, while Todd's looking for it, Another thing that I wanted to share when it comes to circle of concern and, and circle of... Sell your cleverness oh. and buy bewilderment. Love it. That's what it is. Yeah, I love That's it. That's great. Yeah, it is. Um, because, you know, we, we like to be right. Who doesn't? It's part of, you know, an ego, which everybody has. The ego likes to be right. And it, it, I was just talking with someone about how nowadays... If you want to be right, there's a news channel for you to watch. Yeah, no there's problem. no like news anymore that yeah. that gives you kind of a, a you know an impartial impartial judgment it's about really what. Really hard to. Yeah, it, it, sixty minutes I think does a pretty good job, and a few others. Um, but for the most part, if you want to be right, there's an agenda. There's a there's a news channel for you. Um, 
but I was going to say that when it comes to these kind of things around anxiety and concern, I noticed that last week, Elizabeth Gilbert, who has a really wonderful page, by the way. So if you haven't liked Liz Gilbert's page, I would, because she's really wise. Can and we talk about Facebook feeds too? Yeah, right after this, let's launch into that. Um, she wrote about the difference between anxiety and concern. And I think that it was um, very, it was a good differentiation because really what concern is, is where we kind of look at things that are going on around the world or in our own communities and we're, we're, we're concerned. It's a sense of caring and empathy mm -hmm. and compassion and wanting to make a difference or wanting to make things safer or better for people. Anxiety is when we look at things that are going on and they make us so afraid yeah. that we're like constantly buzzing yeah. and we're, we we don't know which way to turn and we don't we feel powerless. Yeah. Again, it's the same thing that we were talking about. And you really have to check that sense of anxiety and maybe even I'm a word person, so maybe stop saying I'm really anxious about the world. Right. Maybe turn it into I'm concerned about the world because concern may drive you to make a change. Right. And again, within your circle of influence, which is you, <laughs> um, and and giving and um, offering of yourself or, you know, taking care of someone or opening the door for someone, concern allows you to do that. Anxiety makes you afraid of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, we just did a show with our friend, Dr. Dan Martinez, and he was differentiating for us the difference between um, – being anxious and being afraid. When you are afraid, sometimes it's because a, you know, a dog or something is charging at you. Right. And your body knows exactly what to do when it's afraid. Adrenaline. Your adrenaline. Your your hair stands up Fight on or end. Flight. You run. Reptilian brain takes over and that is necessary because you need to run from that dog or that bear or whatever. I've never had a dog run at me. Have you? Uh yeah. You have. Yeah. So whatever it is, you need to run. Anxiety is when you constantly think a dog or a bear is running after you and they're not. Or maybe a dog is safely in somebody's backyard and there's no way it's going to jump over the fence, but yet you're still concerning yourself that that dog is going to get out and attack you, even though it's it's contained. In a it's contained. Or there is absolutely no dog in sight and you think a dog is going to run after you. Right. It's both of those things. You carry this anxiety, what if, what if, what if, what if, and your body is constantly working and, and you know, secreting hormones and all these things that your body doesn't need, and you're constantly on overdrive. Yeah. It doesn't help you. It makes you physically sick. It makes you difficult to be around, and it makes you constantly, chronically afraid. For some people, they need help with this. Yeah. You know, anxiety is one of the most diagnosed. What did we just find out? 25% of diagnoses are anxiety. Yeah. Um, so some people need support and help and absolutely get that support and help. But for, for those of you that maybe don't have chronic anxiety but have kind of that nagging, start to, to self – monitor that and and recognize that right now there is no reason to be in that feeling yeah that you are safe and when i say that to people you know what they say well we're not really safe right right now you're breathing you're sitting on a chair or you're whatever you are safe yeah and one of the things that todd wants to talk about which i do too is what you look at every day yes so go ahead Todd. well it's just a very simple thing and most of you probably know this but if you're on facebook um you know a lot of people are um worried about uh have anxiety because they're watching the news or even if you're at the airport and the news is on like you we're surrounded by these negative messages and i've said it a million times but the news is not the news it's the 10 worst stories of the day so what you need to do to balance that out, even if you're not choosing turning it on your own TV, you can't help but you're in a restaurant and you hear a radio and you hear like this, you know, there's another shooting in in the bad part of town or the challenging part of town in Chicago. Like, right. Or the, I will be at Starbucks and there'll be three newspapers sitting there while I'm waiting for my coffee exactly, and I see the front page. So balance that out with your newsfeed. If you are on Facebook every day or every week, every month, whatever it is, click on the, so find pages that inspire you, that bring positivity to you. This is not you sticking your head in the sand. This is balancing out 
what the media shoves down our throat. A few of the things that I do, I talk about Jeff Foster all the time. He's an author whom I love. Thich Nhat Hanh, he's this peaceful leader. Dalai Lama, I don't know if Dalai Lama has a Facebook page. He probably I don't know. does. I don't know. Um, just find things that inspire you. And if you hover over the like button, uh, you can say, uh, show in my news feed first, first or show it on the top. Right. And I didn't know this for the last few years. And I just figured this out like two months ago. And now the first 10 things that show up on my newsfeed are positive things. Zen Parenting Radio. You know what? For real, you guys, um, one of the things that obviously we try and post about the things we're doing and the events in our podcast, but we also try and post about everyday good people and think, you know, peop- good people are everywhere. They're freaking everywhere. And we don't pay enough attention to what good people are doing. And I've that's said it a million times. Post. There are random acts of kindness that happen every day in every city around this world. Absolutely. And it's not on the news because we don't think it's newsworthy, right. but right. it is. There have been news organizations that have tried to do like, uh, you know, here's a positive yeah, story. At the end of the sh- yeah. <laughs> and the ratings are bad. Yeah. People don't watch it because what are the, what's the brain well, attracted to? he's fishing to? for the wrong thing. He's... They're fishing for people who watch the six o'clock news. Their their brain is seeking out negativity. But by biologically, Todd, our brains will look at sex and violence. Right. You know, it's what a gaper's block is. It's why there's billboards that have women's bodies on them. We our eyes go to that because of the way we're wired. Mm. Not because we're sick human beings, but because of the way we're wired. Yeah. And rather than be hard on ourselves about that, notice it, recognize it. It's just a, it's a part of being human. And then you choose something different. You know, it's very difficult to drive by an accident and not look, but some people have figured out ways to say, I know my brain wants to look, right. but I'm going to choose to not look. Right. And that is, that's empowerment. Um, so Zen Parenting Radio, hover over the like, find it in your newsfeed. Um, another, a few of my favorites. Do you have more to share, Toddy? Oh, uh, no, go ahead. Um, one of my absolute favorites is um, Humans of New York, and it's got already got millions of followers. But I highly recommend you follow it because this man, who has this page, he interviews people. It started with just people in New York, um, but then he goes to different countries and he interviews people, so you know them as people. Right now, he is doing interviews with the Syrian refugees, so you understand who these people are and what their stories are. Because when you are fed fear, and when the Syrian refugees become they. Instead of individuals, I'm very much connected to how many people say they, and I it bothers me um, when we talk about say uh, you were um, robbed at a certain part of town, and then that part of town becomes they, yeah. as if everybody over there is robbing people, or you know a group, a racial group, or a religious group. They instead of individuals. Who are making these choices because not everybody in a group is like that but we in our brain we they them do you know uh i think this is the shortest poem written of all time and i think it was written by muhammad ali let's hear it me we nice do you know you get it me it means there is no they it's all us oh thank you i didn't thank you me we me we and that is, there is no, and that's the or thing. Or maybe it's we, me. No, it's me, we. Sorry. <laughs> kind of wee, wee? Not we, um. we, sweetie. We got we to gotta move on. We got a listener's question well, here. Well, hold on. Let me finish these things. Human of Humans of New York, follow that page. Um, funny or Die. I love the Funny or Die page. Yeah, it doesn't have to be so serious. No, Saturday Night Live's page, because that's how I see all the clips from Saturday Night Live. Some of my favorites, like um, Amy Poehler's Smart Girls, A Mighty Girl, um, Oprah, Own, Elizabeth Gilbert, Rob Bell, Brene Brown, um, Alanis Morissette. I mean, uh, there's a new one that I just found called Bright Side. And... I, I actually used to have the New York Times in my newsfeed, and I read it all the time. I love the New York Times. And I have taken a break because the articles have been more bothersome to my gut than helpful. That's how I know how, how I feel. And so find things, put them in your newsfeed, and put them at the top. Um, like Todd said, hover over like, and then say, I want to see these things all the time. And then every day when you go to your social networking, instead of going, ugh, and being in despair and say the world's going to hell – you can actually say there are good things happening everywhere because it's just as true. It is not whenever I say that and people say, you don't understand reality. I do because this is happening too. Yeah, we have a different understanding of what that reality is, but it's not one's not right and one's not wrong. It's we're choosing to focus on this and you're choosing to focus on that. It's comma T-O-O.
yeah. right? This is happening too. Yeah. So let's go here. So go ahead, Taddy. Um, so our second partner is Dr. John Kelly from uh, Dr. John Kelly's dentistry practice. Dentistry practice. <laughs> uh, ChicagoDentistOnline.com. And Dr. Kelly takes care of our whole family. We're all going there from Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. All five of us are getting our teeth cleaned. That's what we're doing so on MLK? MLK. We're celebrating MLK by cleaning our teeth. Well, it's, so, that's within our circle of influence. So if you want to meet uh, Zen Parenting Radio, go ahead and get your teeth cleaned on the same day. Right, sweetie? You're not paying attention to my I, joke. I am. I yeah, you get your funny? teeth cleaned on the same day. Kind of. <laughs> not really. <laughs> um, so we've been featuring a sponsor for our Zen Parenting Conference every week. Yes. Can you explain what the Zen Parenting Conference is for so those of Zen... Oh. Don't. <laughs> Listen. Zen Parenting Conference. Let's Get Real Conference, uh, March 11th and 12th. Um, this is the big event that Todd and I have been working on for a year, and we have the best speakers coming together all at the same time. Dr. Shafali Sabari. We have John O'Sullivan, who's a youth sports expert. He is the youth sports expert. Um, we have Dr. John Duffy, who we've had on this show. We have Jen Weigel. We have Dr. Therese Rowley. We have... Um, uh, Carrie and Mary-Kate Lynch. Uh, we have Kathy Richardson, who is like rock star goddess, who's going to be singing for us. And it's just... Don't forget about you and me. Well, and you and I. It's We will be talking too. And this doesn't happen very often in this area. Um, and if, if you live in a different state, please come in, fly in. We've got a room block. We want you here. We yep. want people from all over. But for those of you who live local, don't let this opportunity pass you by. If you listen to this show and you like these things, see these people. If only there was a coupon code to help me save some money. There is. You are so lucky. Zen Friend is the promo code. Use it before the 24th of December. Use it before Christmas Eve. Use it because if you know you're going to be there, why wait and pay a higher price? Get your ticket. And we want you there. It is it, Not only that, Todd, it's going to be informative, educational, inspiring, and fun. We've got all these fun things that are going to happen too. So this will – you want to feel good? You know, we always talk about feeling outstanding. Come do this. You'll feel outstanding. You will set – It'll fill your tank. It will fill your tank and set a tone for your year. So March 11th and 12th. So, and then what's the coupon code again? A Zen friend. And uh, where do you go? What's the website? Oh, go to zengetsreal.com and you can register there or you can just go to zenparentingradio.com and do the same thing. So one of the sponsors is a business that I'm very familiar with called the tribemensgroup.com. Or actually you, it's called the Tribe Men's Group. Um, you're a co-creator. I'm the co-creator of it and we are going to have a booth there. Nice. And uh, before the actual conference, we actually are going to have a retreat, a men's adventure retreat. This will be our third annual February 19th through the 21st but we are going to raise our prices after the new year so if there's any um, men out there that want to unplug unwind and recharge this is your weekend so it's going to be great the tribe at mensgroup.com if you have any questions or comments you can uh, shoot me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com and this is what I'll say to the men who are considering going to this retreat if you live in Chicagoland or if you're driving in or flying in for it your, the people who love you will thank you for yeah. going because when these men come home, I get to see them because mm -hmm. they come, they all park their cars here and you know, all this kind of thing. And they are so good yeah. and so ready to be with the ones they love. It's fun, it's inspirational, it's gonna be good. And we, if you know, a lot of guys are like, well, I gotta see what this is all about before I sign it. We have some videos on here to kind of give you an idea of what the weekend is like, so that can be found under our events page at the tribemensgroup.com. Going to a, a weekend retreat like this is within your circle of influence. That's right. If you want to make change, either um, within your own family or the world, just, this is something you can do. Nothing happens till something moves, That's sweetie. That's right, baby. Um, are you ready for one listener's question? Sure. Because that's all we have time for. Okay. Um, this is kind of heavy. Okay. You all right with that? Sure. This woman's a devoted listener to the podcast, and she thought maybe we could help. Okay. Everything seems to be completely melting down at our house. Okay. We brought home a healthy baby girl, two and a half weeks old. And our amazing, incredible, beloved three-year-old son has begun to behave in very challenging ways. My husband and I, who really work to stay calm and practice gentle discipline and conscious parenting, are really struggling. Everyone keeps telling me that this gets easier, but I really don't know how I'm going to get through this phase without getting upset at my son sometimes or my husband. We have a history of having an intense relationship. Although we're very devoted to each other and in love, we also deal with chronic depression and anger issues. 
I'm feeling so bad that my son is getting negative attention from us. He's doing all kinds of things like kicking and not listening, throwing books on the floor. I usually validate his feelings and let him be angry. The problem today is that I seem to be very on edge and just really unable to cope with it. It often seems like sometimes it's harder when my husband and I are together in the difficult moment with our son. It seems like things get ramped up when we're both trying to deal with the problem. He's going back to work tomorrow and I will be doing this uh, the afternoon preschool pickup with newborn in tow. Part of me is nervous about this, but another part of me thinks that maybe we just need to get into our new routine, which entails my husband doing preschool drop-off in the morning and me doing afternoons, bedtime, and bath every night. Weekends are our hardest times and I'm terrified about Christmas break. Uh, she goes on to say she kind of looks at, she has some resources available to her, but she just doesn't know what to do. Okay. What do you think? Well, uh, lots of different things. Um, a few things is I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that the feelings that you're having and the um, the discomfort and feeling like things are out of control is very common, especially after bringing home um, a second child and that you are not alone. I just, I want to say that again, because a lot of times we think I'm doing it wrong. Nobody else has this experience, but me, there's no way to solve this. Nobody understands me. And I want you to know that, um, I've been there and I know a lot of our listeners have been there. So just hold on to that first, just have that be your, you know, the bar that you hold on to, like you're not alone. The second thing is, is you, like you said, um, you're already doing a lot with validating your son's emotions. His, his feelings are very normal. It's very difficult for a really young child to have somebody else come into their vicinity, into their energy field. And they are no longer the center of attention, but they have to not only learn how to share the attention, but recognize that they're getting less attention than that, than that baby. Um, that's something that I watched with my older daughters is when you are the center of attention and the cutest and the best, and then a baby comes home and they just kind of win. And I don't mean just with parents, I mean with everybody. You're walking down the street and the older child is standing next to the stroller and everybody's, you know, goo-gooing at the baby and and they forget that that child needs attention too. And so when I say win, I don't mean literally. I just mean that's what the child feels. So having that kind of conversation with your son that like you said, you're already validating his feelings, but saying it can be really hard when attention is not being paid to you, right? Or it can be really difficult when everybody notices the baby and not you. And I want you to know I notice you. Or having him come up with some of the feelings like, tell me, um, yeah, you're really mad. Is it about? And helping him verbalize. Express it. Express it because he is expressing it through behavior, but he, but the behavior is obviously not being validated because it's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. He's hitting and hurting. So you, you can validate the feeling, but he needs to be able to express in a three-year-old way the best he can, this is hard and this kind of sucks. Um, and that will give him some of his power back, interestingly enough, because right now he feels powerless, which is why he's doing destructive things. Um, So if you can have those conversations with him um, in the best way you can, it's not always going to work. Sometimes they just can't hear it. But if that is your intention of I want to give him a voice, I want to help him be able to say what he needs to say, not just validate his negative feelings, but help him say it. If it be through pictures or, you know, you know, through puppets, be creative. Drawings. Do you sometimes feel like this? What color do you feel like? Do you sometimes, you know, I'm really frustrated. Do you ever feel frustrated? Like just normalizing and helping him express. And then the most important thing is you need time to yourself. Because like you said, you are getting to breaking points. And breaking points um, are indicators that you need a little more support. And that doesn't necessarily mean from your, it could be from your husband or your friends, but it also could just mean away from all of it. Mm -hmm. And that could be for 30 minutes. That could be for an hour. That could be for two hours one night where you go get a movie and get, or go to a movie and get popcorn and just, you know. Get creative and figure out a way to take care of yourself. Yes. And that, to your point, that doesn't mean you can go away for, you know, this baby was just born. Right. So she's kind of. She may only have two hours. Yeah, That's all I ever might have. might be 20 minutes. Right. But, tw- you know, when I used to say, and this didn't happen enough, but I'd say, go to a movie or go to Target or go right. have lunch with your girlfriend. You would come back a completely different person. And to your husband, if he's listening. Todd would sometimes say, do you want to go to a movie? 
And then it fell on my shoulders to make that decision. And all of a sudden, you had yet another decision to make. And what he, like he's saying, what he does well now is just go. And sometimes, now here's another crazy thing. Sometimes I'll say, I don't want to go anywhere, but I don't want to be on. Mm -hmm. I just want to go up to my bedroom. I don't want to go to a movie. And he will say, now you'll be like, okay, great. Allow... If again, husband, if you're listening, allow her to choose mm-hmm. how her self care is used. Don't tell her how to use it. What right. does that sound, my sweetie? That's my battery's about to die. Oh, okay, um, so that's probably one of the most important things. So, mom, normalizing self care and knowing you're not alone. And on I w- the first step. And I want to focus on when she says it's sometimes it's harder when my husband and I are together in difficult moments with our sons. That of doesn't course. surprise me no, at all. Of course, because there's two different energies with two different opinions. And I, you didn't talk specifically about nighttime, but we used to, now this kind of goes without saying, but you were kind of in charge of nighttime. Sure. So I didn't really help that much, but on the occasions when I was helping, whatever it's changing diapers or, you know, feeding the baby bed, with a right. bottle or whatever, have a plan before you go to bed about what's going to happen that night. Right. Because if you try to negotiate at three in the morning, forget it. Now, if it's the middle of the day, and you guys are having a hard time being on the same page, that's not surprising either. And sometimes for you, you Kathy, you've told me it's easier when I'm not, you want me to be there, but it's easier when I'm not there. And what I mean by that is because if I'm there and not helping, that's that was hard. worse. Right. And if we're both trying to help and we're both coming from a place of anxiety and we're both talking over each other and we both have a different plan on how to do this, then all of a sudden that increases anxiety. It was cleaner when I wasn't right. there. Now and it was I, harder, but cleaner. Isn't you know? that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. There, this is this is not simple stuff. But don't feel bad about that. Don't, don't think, well, because we're highly anxious together, we're not doing this well. Sometimes no. one person Welcome to marriage. Sometimes you need a quarterback. Yeah. You know, you need one person to make the decision in that moment and not have people talking over each other. Well, and then this is going to be really hard advice to give and probably even harder to receive, but I would say to your self-care point, um it's not so much about doing with your uh kid and and say the exact right thing to him or help him process. If you can take care of yourself, and, you know, she she admits that she has some depression and anger yeah. issues. If you can focus some of that attention on getting you you the support and the help that you need, the things with your son will surprisingly dissipate. Yeah, things will get – it's, again, circle of influence, right? Yeah. If you do you, he will be better. Yeah. I'm not saying it's all going to go away. I'm saying that he will feel that from you. Yeah. And he will have better tools because of that. Yeah. So. Um, oh, and then Zaza. Zaza's baby brother. Get that book. Oh, yeah. That's a great book. Zaza's baby brother. It's like, there's like 52 words in it. It's like the shortest book ever, but I- Zaza feels left out. Zaza feels left out. And he has to learn how to- Manage. Manage that, you know, feeling left out and also how to love this new person in his life. Yeah. So Zaza's baby brother. Yes. Your, your son will be able to identify with Zaza. Mm-hmm. Even though Zaza's a baby brother, that this kid's- a great suggestion. This kid's got a baby sister. Doesn't matter. I actually, I read it to the girls as I was a boy, but I read it to my daughters. So, but you said it was a boy, right? You didn't lie about the book. <laughs> I didn't lie. I just let it be. Let it be. Let, let it be. be. Let, let it be. be. Let it be. That's my um, man. I'm good. That's my favorite Beatles song. You know. Is it? Yeah, Mother Mary. She comes to me. Um. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So, is your computer about to die? Or is it this died. Gonna, like, no, but it's, how does every, it tape? Everything's getting recorded through the card. But you're not going to be able to play the... I'll put it on after. Oh, okay. This is the the trials and tribulations of having... Podcasting. uh, Podcasting. So what do we do to close the show out? Well, I Words of wisdom? Yeah. I mean, I would just say that as you go through your days after listening to this and when you're feeling overwhelmed by the world or the stories and the things that are happening and you feel a sense... You get angry because you feel powerless... Just think about what you can do on an everyday basis within your circle of influence. And when you're with other people, have your intention be behind respectful conversations and honoring other people, no matter where they are. And if they're really difficult, you don't have to invite them to dinner. You just need to, when you're talking with them, if you retaliate in the way that you feel that you're being retaliated against, you are not helping. And if you can offer love, it gives that person an opportunity to offer love back. Someone's got to start. And you are that person to start. And that is 
kind of the motto that I try and go by because I get just as annoyed as you guys do. And I feel just as powerless and angry about things that go on in the world. But I know what I know for sure is that my anger can stimulate a new way of doing things, which is what does work. That's how I use my anger. Why am I so angry and what can I do? And what works is um, honoring, respect, love, and speaking what needs to be spoken. Anything else? <laughs> just kidding. Um, Sorry, I got just, on a Just be tangent. cool, man. <laughs> just be cool. We'll talk to you guys next week. Oh, no. Friday show. Oh, no, there's no Friday show. No, that starts in January. We have, we're doing so many great I interviews. I think we're going to have four Friday interviews They're in January. so good. You guys are good. You should get excited. Get excited. All right, see you guys. Bye. Bye. That's our show, friends. We hope you felt outstanding. And if you want to continue feeling this outstanding, go to zenparentingradio.com and subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, feel free to give us a kind review. You can email us at comments at zenparentingradio.com or you can record a voicemail by clicking on the send us a voice message link on our homepage with comments or questions. Don't forget our Zen Parenting Conference is on March 11th and 12th, 2016. For more details, go to zengetsreal.com. If you're interested in any of Kathy's three award-winning books, you can purchase through our website or through Amazon. We also do local presentations, virtual retreats, and movie screenings, which can be found by clicking on the events tab on our webpage. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you're interested in the tribe, the monthly men's group that I co-facilitate, you can go to thetribemensgroup.com for more details. Lastly, and most importantly, a special thanks to our three partners, Avid Company, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and John J. Kelly Dentistry. If you own a business and are interested in partnering with us, please send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Finally, we're grateful for your support and encouragement. We only ask that you give the same to yourself and the people you love most. Until next time.